Hey, my friend, welcome to the Growth Vault Podcast. Josh here. I'm going to be super, super fast. Now, before I sunset this podcast and reveal all of the epicness that I have waiting for you, because I'm not going anywhere, I'm doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down. It's Joshua 2.0 coming at you. Uh, what I'm going to do is give you a gift. This is a gift to the world. Are you ready? It's called recession marketing. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, maybe you didn't hear that I've been doing trainings for a month inside of a Facebook group. It's free. Just look for recession marketing. However, the content's going to be pulled out of that group here very shortly. Now, as a gift to the podcast listeners, I'm going to publish the audio of all these trainings back to back to back to back. It's going to give you hours of juiciness, all kinds of things that will make you literally make you money uh, for real. So I haven't done something like this before. I hope you love it. Just remember this. In the show notes for this episode and all the episodes I'm going to publish, there's a link where you can actually watch the videos of this. Some of the content won't make as much sense because it's a video training and I show examples sometimes and I have doodles and things like that. So if you're confused on one, just click the link in the description. You can watch the video version of it. And also, don't forget to go to Watch Josh Pitch. Dot com. It'll make sense when you listen to some of these trainings where I'm going to break down how I put together a sales pitch for a program that's going to make a million dollars virtually instantly. So it'll all make sense as you after you go through all this content. Uh, listen to it while you can. You're not going to regret it. It's a big deal. Love you. Let's get started. What's going on, my friend? Welcome back to Recession Marketing. We're going to talk about nonverbal signals. This is going to be epic. So like buckle up. But it's also not complicated, really, which is exciting because I like the complicated stuff because there's so much money in it. Uh, this is kind of super epic and not that complicated. Think about it like this. Have you ever heard the quote that like 80% of communication is nonverbal, right? Body language. The way you smell is a nonverbal signal, okay? If you're trying to get dates and you didn't do your deodorant, then like that's a problem, right? It's working against you. So, so there's so many factors in our daily life and there's so many signals all of us are sending out and so many vibes and signals we're all receiving in from other people, from brands, from companies, from messaging and marketing. It's like literally insane. You gotta look at human beings as literal radio transmission towers and receivers. That's literally what we are. You know, you could be going to the store, tell me if this is true in the comments, and you get the creep creep vibes from someone. And not only do you get the creep vibes, but you, you're like certain that they're actually a creep. And you're like, you believe it, you would like die in the hill. They can't prove it in a court of law, but it's very obvious. Someone's into dark stuff or they're into the occult or there's something funky or the way that guy is around that girl, right? Or just lots of things, the way people's cars are. You know, when we'd have office managers come in and interview for my service company, I'd go out and examine their car while they were waiting in the, in the waiting room. And I would do that because there's signals there. There's lessons there. It's not definitive all by itself, but if you're hiring someone for a super structured job and they have McDonald's bags and, and empty French fry containers all over their back seat, like that is a signal, right? Right? There's so many signals. Let's talk about some of them that are huge that will make you a fortune, ready? And you can apply most of this stuff really quick. Ready? Let's talk about acquisition page. I want every single person watching this training to immediately add a tab to your website, a new page to your website that's visible from your homepage. When people go to your homepage, I want there to be a tab that says acquisitions or something like that, right? Or we're buying or something. You can word it however you want, but there needs to be an acquisitions tab, especially during an economic downturn for a couple of reasons. Number one, on this page, you are going to talk about how you've had record success 
and that your company is growing more than ever before and that you are proud to announce a new acquisitions division, blah, 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 and make it look like a press release or something and then have a contact form where people can inquire about you buying their company. This needs to exist for lots of reasons. Number one, for your potential customers, because think of what a flex it is in an authority builder to be a company that's acquiring companies, number one. Number two, for your competition, you gotta understand that no one knows you're struggling unless you tell them. And if you're gonna go on Facebook and be like, ah, I suck and no one will give me money, that's not a great idea. Your customers are gonna see that. Your competition's gonna see it. It's gonna embolden them. You gotta do the opposite. You gotta position yourself as if you're strong, even if you're weak. It's like Art of War 101, Sun Tzu, right? It's like, you know, never let the enemy really understand what you're doing. Now, I'm not telling you to like boldface lie, okay? But here's the truth. You don't have to have money to buy another company. You don't have to have any money to buy another company. And maybe that breaks your brain. And maybe if you're really nice to me, I'll do a whole training on the ways you can buy companies with no money because there's lots of them. And there's a difference between price and terms, the way you negotiate and due diligence and letters of intent. And there's, all, there's a whole process to buying a company. But you need to have an acquisitions page right now. It does something in your own brain to say, you know what? I'm buying. I'm a buyer now. I buy companies now, right? It's a big psychological thing on yourself, your customers, and your employees, and your competitors. It's like a, what's, not a trifecta, what's four things? What's a quadfecta? Is that a thing? I don't know. Sounds like a thing. Another thing you can do is press releases. Press releases and job titles. Let's do these together, right? So do you just call yourself the owner? Is your manager just called the manager? Well, that's not bad but it's not the same as the executive vice president or the regional district overlord, benevolent kingship warlord or whatever. So, you know, Google cool job titles and see if there's something that makes sense for some of your different positions, including yourself. You don't even need, you know, people get obsessed with telling people they're the owner. I did the opposite. I never told people I was the owner of my company because um, it makes the, the, the high level of service I would provide people feel 10 times more epic because let's be honest, the level of service you provide, if you're in the field still, no one's going to be able to touch it. And the bar has to be so high so that, you know, three hires later, they're still doing 70% of what you did. And hopefully their 70% is still better than the competition, right? So you, you, you as the owner are really like, you should be positioned as the biggest rock star employee in the history of mankind, which makes the company look epic. They expect the owner to be at a certain level. But if you are the crew leader and you show up and you're still in the field and you murder the game, that's a big deal. I, I remember the day that I realized that I was on the right track with this is we had this little S10, a little Chevy S10. I paid $1,500 for this. My wife who's sitting over here was with me and I drove it. I didn't even know if it would make it back to my house. It had like 150, 160,000 miles on it when I bought it, 1500 bucks. It was a stick shift, right? Remember those? Yeah, it's a whole thing. And I get home and I'm like, I prayed, God, let this get home. The ironic thing is we had that truck for like eight years and it still ran when I sold the company, had holes in it and rust everywhere, but like it still ran. It was nothing ever broken that truck. That was a powerful prayer. God answers prayers. Anyway, so, so, so <laughs> where was I going with this? The press release, the job titles. Oh yes. So I had that junky truck at the customer's house and the homeowner walks up. He's like, Hey Josh, can I, can I point something out to you? He goes, man, you need to really talk to your boss about getting these tires fixed. Those are really unsafe. That's what he said to me. I'm the owner. He doesn't know I'm the owner. He said, Josh, you need to talk to your boss about getting those tires replaced. 
because they were bald because I didn't have any money. But him saying that made my month, okay? Because that was a strategy. It's not, it's asymmetrical thinking, right? So anyway, job titles, change them and make them epic. Then do a press release about it. Do a press release about you promoting Billy from this thing to this thing. Do a press release that you've added the acquisitions tab on your website. Do a press release that there's some danger to homeowners that people need to be aware of and it's a public service announcement or whatever. There's a hundred different things you can do. Press releases are free. You can also get interviewed by reporters. You ever heard of HARO, H-A-R-O, help a reporter out? It's a website. You go in there. You can see that people are looking for stories. There's so much stuff that creates nonverbal signals that you're better than other companies. You're more premium than other companies. You're in more momentum than other companies, that you're smarter than other companies. You have more authority than other companies, that you're a better place to work for than other companies. And it's not just you saying it. It's all the nonverbal signals that are being told through all these other things that people aren't even consciously seeing, but they're getting the vibe that you are the real deal, right? Here's another one. Truck number five. When I just started out, my buddy Wesley had a tree company and he had one truck and it wasn't even a very nice truck and he was really struggling, but he put on the side of his truck, truck number five. And I remember even back then thinking, you're a genius, Wesley. That is amazing. And for him, it was like, it was him trying to act like he's this big company. And do I think that that like made him successful? No, but the reason he was successful is because he thought out of the box. That's what made him successful. And if you are just an owner operator, not everyone has to know that. Maybe, maybe you can use a truck number five strategy. Another thing is to do an audit of the literature you use. If you're buying the cheapest printed products or the cheapest uniforms and the cotton wears out and it doesn't look good and it gets faded or the literature and the flyers and the brochures and the things that you have, the business cards are just basic, throw it away. Upgrade all of it. Upgrade all of it because the thickness of your literature alone is a nonverbal signal. If if you use the paper that's like linen where it's like bumpy and you like use quill pens on it and it's like fancy, that paper by itself says something without saying something, right? When you go to a really high-end restaurant, the silverware weighs more. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavier. And they have more of it. They have a bunch of forks they don't even need. And then after, you know, part two of the dining process, then they remove some of the stuff. And I, I still, I'm like, I don't even know what I was supposed to do with that. But the choreography creates all this nonverbal signaling, nonverbal signaling the ambiance, the smell of the room, the lighting, everything, all the perceived values comes from nonverbal signals, the words they use. When they show you the stakes on the big wood board and they point it and they use fancy words on purpose just to make you not feel dumb, but make themselves be edified as another level with their French wine knowledge or something. Nonverbal signals, nonverbal signals, nonverbal signals, nonverbal signals. You can do this in any service company. You can quickly use a, a industry jargon and then correct yourself. Say, oh, sorry, my nerdy brain got a hold of me. Really, what that means, Mrs. Smith, is this, this, and this. Oh, the geocast with magma is invaded and infested. It eats the crushed limestone in your shingle grit. But you know what? I just want to apologize for even saying that. That was the nerdiest thing I've said all week. Basically, there's a bunch of poop on your roof from this little weird organism that's eating your roof. And that's not good because it makes your roof fail. So I still flexed through a nonverbal, that was verbal, <laughs> but it's the same idea, okay? Upgrade your literature. Next one, experience choreography. So think about the high-end restaurant and then draw yourself out a customer life cycle. You can do this for, for your whole customer life cycle or just do it for the part where you're on site with the client and choreograph everything that's supposed to happen to blow their mind. 
Okay. Choreograph it. What's the exact word they say? When do they say it? When do they offer the walk around? When do they do the bonus that the homeowner wasn't expecting? What do they say as they do the bonus? Do they say it before it? Do they do the bonus and then say, Hey, we had an extra few minutes. You've been really great to work with. I just want to let you know. I went ahead and did that. Can I show you something? I got a surprise for you. Yeah, I did this for you. We just appreciate your business so much. That's powerful, right? But is it that specific? Is it systemized? Is your crews trained on it? Are you holding them accountable to it? Because when you start doing this stuff, it's a game changer. People can't stop talking about you. This is why people can't stop talking about Apple and Tesla and Disney and all these huge brands. The same principles apply to your little tiny business. Okay. Another way, another nonverbal signal is proximity. Proximity means if I want to charge people a lot of money because I know tons of stuff, it matters that they know I know really fancy, cool people. It just does. Okay. It does. You know, remember Ty Lopez on his YouTube video, he was standing in his car with his Lamborghini and he's like, Hey, just standing here in my garage. It was kind of like the cheesiest internet marketer video of all time, but did billions of views and made hundreds of millions of dollars for him. So there's a lesson in it because there's the Lamborghinis. That's a form of proximity to success. Okay. It doesn't mean it wasn't bull crap. I don't think it actually was in his case, by the way, but it doesn't matter. Or if I have a picture or a video of Russell Brunson holding the kid war plans, which I do. And he's like, you have to get by a kid war plan. It's an amazing thing. And he's Russell, right? And he's built a billion dollar company that matters. That's proximity. So how does that translate to you? It translates by you going after the most exclusive VIP well-known people in your town and finding a way to serve them and service them, period. Whether it's the mayor of your town or it's the most successful fancy chamber of commerce business owners that you know, if it has to be free, it doesn't matter. What you want is to blow their mind, get a video of them with their mind blown, get a written testimony of them getting their mind blown and stack as many of those as you can. And locally, it matters. It's a nonverbal signal. So you're not saying we're better because it just so happens that your website is filled with testimonials that tons of people in your area know. There's those realtors in your area. They're on every billboard. Everyone knows them. There's a guy in my hometown called John Wentworth, and he's just a boss, man. He's everywhere. He owns the market. And so, you know, if I have a testimonial from him, that's not the same thing. It's just a general average testimonial. And if I have to clean this stuff for free to get it, it's worth it 20x, right? Okay. Secret VIP cards, secret VIP cards have two types of business cards, not one. Two types have your normal business cards, which should still be thick and epic and awesome, but then have an over the top ridiculous one. There's, I recently discovered there's these, these gold and silver business cards you can get. They're actual solid gold and solid silver. I'm not suggesting you have to do that, but maybe you do get a laser engraved metal one or titanium or carbon fiber or something extra weird and different. I've also seen these little gift certificates you can get. They're really thin, but they're pieces of gold, but it's only a few dollars a piece for them. Something that's like a 10 to $20 or up type of business card. Okay. The gold and silver ones are like $1,500 a card, <laughs> but they're real gold. And what you do is like, here's how you do this. We are talking to a very important person, like the realtor person or the mayor or the person that you need the thing. You give them a regular card. Okay. I made myself a note. It says waitress. You see that? It says waitress. I'm going to tell you an example about a waitress. You give them your regular card and then you say, you know what? Hold on a minute. And then you take it back from them. Then you reach back in your pocket you pull out the silver one and you're like, I want you to have this one. Almost nobody gets this one. I want you to have this one. That's the, that's the choreography. Okay. You give them a regular one. Then you say, you know what? Actually, can I, can I have that back? You reach in your pocket, you give them the other one. What's happening in their head is so powerful. It's like 
unforgettable, okay? And you don't do this to everybody because these cards are really expensive, but you sort of still could do it to everybody if you use a really cheap business card and then just use a premium business card. The principle is still the same. But what it does is it makes people feel super important and special. It makes them magnetized to you. And the waitress example is this. They, they've done a lot of studies on how, how many dollars in tips waitresses get uh, based on different things they do. So for example, if a waitress at a restaurant touches a man's shoulder, she gets a bigger tip. That's not exactly a shocker. The men aren't doing it consciously. It's just there's these weird like, oh, she touched my shoulder. Now I have to give her more money. That happens, okay? Another thing is, is if she gives you candy when she brings the check, brings you the check, gives you candy, you get a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of an extra tip, but not much versus no candy. But if, if she brings you the check with your candy, turns around and leaves, stops, goes back, digs in for an extra handful of candy, plops that on top, winks at you and walks away, the tip goes through the roof like a rocket, right? Can you see why? This is what nonverbal signaling means. It's paying attention to the nuance of all this stuff. The way you sound, the way you look, the way you dress, your uniforms. I have on here Gucci. I'm not suggesting you get Gucci uniforms. What I am suggesting that people that know, know, and people that care, care. I don't care. Lots of people do care. And when I wear my $1,000 shoes around, I have two different pairs that are like $1,000 shoes. And it's weird. It feels weird at first. But it like actually matters because it's like a dog whistle of certain people. The rest of the people don't even know. They don't even ask about it because they don't care. They didn't even know that they're thousand dollar shoes. So maybe you do something with your uniforms or the belt buckles that people wear or anything. It's called a talking piece. My friend Bart Miller calls it a talking piece, a certain type of ring that your staff has, something that's curiosity. So a conversation starter of some kind is also a nonverbal signal. And then intentional imperfection. This has to do with your email sequences, your texting, when you're communicating with customers, stop trying to be perfect. Instead, try to be a human and make sure that a good portion of your email sequences look like a human wrote a message to another human, not I wrote a giant broadcast and sent it to 500 humans. You don't want it to look like that. Sometimes you can accomplish that by misspelling a word on purpose just so people will correct you. You see, the grammar Nazis and the Karens of the internet, if they correct you and you say, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Thank you so much. You're so smart that you caught that. They love you. Do you understand? Okay. We're trying to be perfect to make us look smart when we really want to give our customers opportunity to be more smart than us. It makes them trust us more. It humanizes us more and it makes them feel like a genius. Can I get an amen? Send a link out that's broken on purpose and a really short email right? People respond back. Oh my gosh. It's been one of those days, Robbie. I am so sorry. Here's the link. Have a good one. These things make them like you more. Okay. Uh, and then of course, word scripts and language, which I think we've kind of talked about just the words, the scripts, the language, the word butter, the proprietization of all the way that you are, what you are, and the way that you do what you do, the phrases you say, the alliteration, the rhyming, the silliness, all of it. How's your nonverbal signal game? Uh, could you level it up? Because if you get this and even apply a portion of what we talked about here today, you're going to make a lot more money. See you in the next video.